I always find it odd that we read the story of the Magi in January, well after Christmas. Our reading this morning from Matthew's Gospel sounds like something that should have been read two weeks ago on Christmas Eve instead of today, January 6th. On the coattails of nativity sets going back into their boxes to be stored in the basement next to the Halloween decorations and beach chairs. It's Epiphany. And the wise men, having traversed afar, have arrived at the manger to pay homage to the infant Messiah and then to present gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to him. Guided by the light of a rising star, these visitors from the east were the first Gentiles to arrive at the manger. Isaiah's vision of light intruding into darkness came at a time when it seemed the covenant promised by God to Israel had been forgotten, or worse, deemed an unbroken promise. Jerusalem, in Isaiah's vision, would be restored and marked by peace, righteousness, and praise. And in the restoration of Jerusalem, the light from the restorative work of God would draw nations and rulers and kings. Not only would this light be visible to Israel and remind Israel of the covenant that they were still a part of, but the light in Isaiah's vision would also signal a new dawn to the world. The world that at the time was outside the promised blessing between God and Israel. Darkness created by the curse of sin had covered the earth. This curse had turned humanity against the will of its creator and caused many to forget about the covenant made and the promised redemption that was to come. In his vision, Isaiah saw darkness being overtaken A darkness Israel had experienced for generations because of exile, slavery, occupation, and sin. Darkness that many around the world are still experiencing today. But Isaiah saw this darkness being overtaken by the light of the Lord. The only response to the inbreaking of divine light the prophet could see was for Israel and the rest of the world to arise. An invitation to stand and to take notice of what God was doing. The source of hope was coming. And this light and this hope would be a gift from God to Israel along with the rest of the world. 500 years later, Isaiah's vision was finally realized when the wise men were the first outsiders to the covenant to arise and to find the light that had just entered the world. Matthew doesn't tell us much about the Magi, but if we look to the hymn, we see these star-following kings were Gentile leaders. And we know, all we know, is that they were from the east and seeking to find a child who was born king of the Jews. The star of this child was visible in the land that they had departed. And when they arrived in Herod's court to inquire of the child's location, It was not so they could present him with gifts. They had come to pay the child homage. Homage isn't a word that we hear too often 
in common vernacular, and it's a word we only hear in the church once or maybe twice a year. We talk about praising and worshiping God, but the act that the wise men traveled to perform, paying homage, is only used twice in the New Testament. First, here in Matthew's Gospel, as the wise men talk and tell Herod what they're going to do. And Herod then responding, saying, tell me where this child is, because at the time we think Herod is going to go and do likewise. The next time we hear this word used is during Holy Week, as Jesus was mocked by Roman soldiers as he made his way to the cross. In both instances, Jesus' title, King of the Jews, is acknowledged by both groups of Gentile outsiders. The wise men paying homage to the Messiah is a reminder of the larger drama that unfolded at the manger and a drama that will culminate in the cross and an empty tomb. These visitors from the East are more than three anonymous travelers. They do much more than bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men are representatives of all the nations outside the original covenant established by God with Abraham. These Gentiles, which is good news for us today, because we too are Gentiles, these Gentiles are now being included, along with their caravan that was moving westward into a covenant that was becoming bigger and bigger. The vision of Isaiah was becoming a reality, and thus it extended this covenant of blessing to those who were initially thought to be beyond it. This new covenant established by God taking on human flesh takes the divine blessing beyond its original recipients, to include all the nations, meaning all of humanity. The covenant is now bigger and more inclusive than ever before. Because of these Gentile travelers following a star to find the Christ child, we today, as the body of Christ, are able to be a part of the process of being restored from the darkness caused by the curse of sin. The restoration, work being done by God, enables us to join the procession of nations being drawn to the light of Christ and praising God. The nations gathering to worship the Lord, us gathered this morning, outsiders to the covenant established between God and Abraham, gathering to praise our Lord. All of that has cos cosmological implications. Our gathering in worship this morning, gathering around Christ's table to share a meal, joins us in the heavenly chorus of saints who are praising God. And it is also a foretaste of the kingdom of God to be fully realized. Through the incarnation, God taking on human flesh, God has gathered the multitudes Isaiah had a vision of this happening. In local communities of followers of Christ, people like us who are bigger than something than we could ever possibly imagine, we who gather to praise God and to share a simple meal, we are a continuation of what these travelers did in paying homage to the infant Messiah. To know God begins with paying homage. To know God 
begins with worship. Because worship establishes in us a new posture, not only to approach God with, but a new posture for how we approach the rest of creation. Like the travelers from the east, we approach the manger not knowing all of the answers. We approach the manger not having all of the the junk in our lives figured out, and yet we continue to carry it with us. We approach the light of the manger still struggling to overcome the curse of sin that we fall back into time and time again after we think we've got it figured out. When we approach the manger, worship comes first. And that's a difficult task because for many of us, we like to place conditions on what we will do before we worship God. First, we need God to give us answers. We need God to erase all of the doubts from our minds. We need God to straighten out the aspects of our lives, fixing the things that we don't quite know how to leave behind or fix ourselves. There are things about God that we will never fully understand until we kneel down and we pay homage to the infant wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Handing your whole self, the good and the bad, handing those things over to God is an almost impossible thing to do. The good stuff, yeah, we can do that. I love to brag about myself, and I have no problem bragging to you, and God, I'm great. We love self-accolades. But the bad stuff, the stuff that Fleming Rutledge describes as the dark side of ourselves, these are the things we don't like to tell the people closest to us for fear of pushing them away. If we can't tell the people closest to us in our earthly lives, there's no way we could tell God this. God can't handle the truth about who we are, perhaps what we've done. But handing our whole selves over to God by paying homage to Emmanuel is much easier than waiting around for answers to be revealed. Handing our whole selves over to God by paying homage to the Christ child is easier than having all of our doubts erased. Through the incarnation, that divine act that happened and sparked just before the travelers from the east paid homage to Christ, in that act of incarnation, the curse of sin's grip on humanity was eased. Years later, after the Roman soldiers would mockingly pay homage to Christ as he made his way to the cross, the curse of sin would be overcome by the power of Christ's light through the resurrection and the empty tomb that would be found. Handing our whole selves over to God by paying homage to Emmanuel is easier because the light drawing us in is the same light of the one who extends grace mercy, and love to us over and over again, regardless of what is revealed when we give our whole selves to God by paying homage to God's Son. Thanks be to God. Amen.